Hello humans, I wanted to make sure that everyone was clear when I talk about the primalprofessional.com at the beginning and the end of this show. The shoes that I talk about are actually on pre-order status, uh, so I didn't want anyone to get disappointed when they find out that the shoes uh, aren't ready to ship out just yet, but uh, they are great and definitely worth it. So thank you for listening and enjoy the show. Previously on the Simply Human Podcast. I believe that context is relevant because I know all of the, the male parts for almost every song. <laughs> oh, I totally was not expecting that at all. And I just said it, it was like someone just punched me in the stomach. And I didn't understand why you laughed at Clip first. that out. I know all of the male parts. It's church. It's episode 81 of the Simply Human Podcast with your hosts, Mark and Rick, two human beings human. Our goal was to help you understand how humans are designed to eat, sleep, move, and enjoy and be more like a human today. On today's show, it is the return of Kate Galliette, and we're going to talk to her about the glutes. Then it's another moderately funny edition of the Humans Being Human segment, and the generic youth minister will wrap up with our simple human tip of the week. Now, I'm about to do something that I've been wanting to do for a while, and that is ambush Rick. Yellow. We are live on the air. I've already done the intro, and uh, I wanted to—I've been wanting to ambush you for quite some time. While you're ambushing me, I'm doing—I'm cleaning some dishes. Doesn't right sound now. like it, Rick. It sounds like you might have just gone to the restroom. Well, no, I'm not going to the restroom. I'm currently cleaning out my bottle that contained my green smoothie. Ooh, hey, spe- so, yeah. speaking of sinks, which is I think where you are standing. That is precisely where I'm standing, right in the kitchen, my, uh, at my sink that works. My now. wife, my There's wife some... ruined this, um, not because she mentioned something on a Facebook picture. I saw you post something on Facebook, and I was like, yes. "Okay, there's crosstalk done." Because we just very recently had the double sink backup issue that ah. you seem to have had. L- let's let's talk about that. Well, uh, yes. Last night, I am uh, doing some dishes at the sink, as I want to do. We have a dishwasher, but there are some things, like a muffin tin, uh, stuff like that, that you have to really wash by hand. Certain leisure toys that you and your wife uh, have, you know, messed around with. I don't follow. Can you please provide some more explanation? I don't don't want to keep you from your story, so continue your story. I don't want to keep you from your story. What was that? (laughs) That was very strange. (laughs) I don't want to keep you from your story. Well, last night I uh, I made dinner. As I've mentioned many, many times uh, on the show, my wife is a very busy woman. She is a student. She is also a worker and a mom. Well, this week her summer classes started, and it's just brutal. Uh, so I make dinner and I'm trying to pick up and I actually make her, uh, breakfast for the week. Take a muffin tin and and here's a tip for all you people. Uh, take a muffin tin, put some like slices of ham inside the cup, crack an egg and that's some, put a little bit of salt, a little bit of pepper, cook it in the oven. And then you have kind of like a little handheld breakfast cup. It's an egg and some ham. So there you go. Well, I just got done making some of those for her. I'm telling you this. It's not important in the story, but it's because it makes me look like a really terrific husband. Perfect. And I am not, but it, <laughs> it at least makes me look like that. So I'm washing the muffin tin afterwards because I don't want there to be clutter in the kitchen. I don't want her to see this and freak out because she's got enough on her mind. Well, I'm noticing I'm on the right side of the sink, which is also the garbage disposal side. I'm washing the muffin tin, and I see water's kind of you know backing up a little bit. Which typically means, oh, there's been something put in the 
you know, the garbage disposal, someone put something down the sink, didn't run this disposal, I'll just run it real quick. Well, I flip on the switch for the disposal, and uh, the water's not going away. And I was like, well, that's pretty weird. Well, maybe there's just something, you know, something lodged in there. No, no big deal. Because it's not like I noticed anything gradual. It's not like over time uh, the sink right. is slow, right? It's you, just backing up. Yeah, you just breathed in real heavy like you're about to bring up a point because okay. that's what I do. That's how you know that I'm being ready to ask a question in interviews. I go, <gasps> I take a real big deep breath in. That's what I thought I heard you say. So anyways, I get the plunger. And I wait. Uh, did you go, go get? There. Do you have a sink plunger, or is this the same plunger that that has touched human oh, fecal it's a matter? Oh, toilet plunger. But I can clean the whole thing. I can clean. I have cleaning products. This okay. My uh, wife, my wife wouldn't let me use the toilet plunger in the sink. Well, we he only have one one kind of plunger around here. There, uh, Cardinal Money Bags. No, no, we, we have are, separate. No, I couldn't plunge the sink because she wouldn't let me use it because we just. Oh, I have thought one. you were saying she made you use the sink plunger. No. <laughs> and I'm like, whoa, sink plunger. That must be nice. Did you get your butler over there? <laughs> Cleanse my buttocks with oil of Olay. Post, post haste. Post haste. <laughs> rabbit pelt and oil of Olay. So uh, I'm trying to wrap this up in a quick fashion. So I plunge the right side of the sink, and as soon as I push the water down, I look on the left side of the sink, and the water just goes boom, up the right side, the left side of the sink. So I'm like, well, that's not good. I have a blockage somewhere. I am not a plumbing expert. I am not an expert in anything. I uh, know very little about many, many things instead of a lot about one specific subject. So I'm like, all right, well, I will uh, see if I can figure this out. So I go under the sink, and uh, your pipes that go down, the one that's kind of like a little... The P-trap. Yeah, it looks like a J, the letter J. If you don't know what I'm talking about, that's the P-trap. I have another P-trap. Maybe there's something in the P-trap. Knowing what I know now, that I plunged one side and the water immediately went to the other, it's obvious it's not a P-trap problem, right. but I didn't realize it. So I empty out the P-trap, expecting to see something wedged in there. There's nothing in there. So I'm like, okay, it's not the P-trap. It's something down further in line with that, the pipes that actually go into and under the house. So it's you, something so basically, so, so you have to call a plumber, and they have to stick the huge auger thing in there. So yes. what what our problem was, I, I had the P-trap. I have I have a couple of P-trap problems. Uh, yeah, you do. This one, you know, uh, you know, YouTube, how to fix the sink, did the P-trap. I, got, I went and bought a 25-foot auger. I stuck that sucker all the way in the wall, all the way in let's, there. Let's be mature about this. Let's not, that's what she said when we're talking about any of this stuff. But. Super, just all the way in. And uh, and that wasn't it. You so have to I, get all sensual. So I had to call around and find someone. So we we basically had. Oh, so here's my wife was asking me this because you know she saw the the picture or whatever. Could it be that since I don't know this is just a weird correlation. We both eat a high fat diet. With there's probably lots of sort of res, residual bacon grease, butter, coconut oil going down our sinks. Could that have caused uh, this uh, this blockage, if you will? Well, it's funny that you bring that up because uh, I cook a lot of bacon. I cook about two pounds of bacon a week, but I keep all my. I put well, all so my, do we. I, see, I know I have a, a very basic knowledge of, you know, what you shouldn't put in a sink. Very, very basic. Apparently, my I was uh, I'm not nearly conservative enough on what should go in there, but I know that you're not supposed to dump grease down the sink. Right. So when I'm done cooking my bacon, it, it's a lot of bacon grease. I s- save old jars, jars like you would collect urine in. Uh-huh. I collect bacon grease. And oh, I throw okay. Them away. Right. Just don't mix them up. Right. Uh-huh. Oh, of course. Uh, but uh, it could be from that. Um, I now I'll say this. I feel like this was my fault. 
um, because last night uh, when I went meat shopping, that's yeah, yeah, there you go. There's with the twenty five foot when I went meat, meat auger, ga- when I went meat gazing at the meat market with your pea trap, I uh, saw some uh, beef back ribs on sale a couple weeks ago. I was like, oh, I've never cooked those before. I'll just buy them. They're cheap. They're like two dollars off a pound, and see what we do. Well, part of the recipe was cooking them in, in the oven, and it generated. And I'm not kidding you. Three tablespoons, maybe of of oh sweet, it, and it wasn't even grease. Yeah, so that's, that it, it's, it was just yumminess. like I don't know how to describe it. I guess it's grease, but it wasn't like greasy, greasy. It was just like in the bottom of the pan. Yeah, it's like oh, okay, that's fine. I put down the sink. It's liquid, yeah. and it's not liquid just because it's hot. It's just liquid because it's liquid. Right. Maybe I was wrong because I did well, that at like eight o'clock, and when I'm doing the dishes that's when at it like 10 up. o'clock, that's when it backed well, up, and I was it's like, It's kind of oh, funny, the last boy. time we cooked uh, bacon, you know, you have the big, you know, cup or jar of grease or whatever, which is normally urine in my house, in my bathroom, but it was bacon grease this time. Jen, I guess, thought once it sort of hardened just a little bit, it was sort of brownish. She thought it was a uh, coffee. It was. She thought it was coffee or something. I guess she'd put it in a coffee Ew. mug or something. So she she thinks it's coffee and dumps it down the sink. Like and as oh. the last little bit is like slithering down the drain, she was like, "That wasn't I, coffee." I don't think that's coffee. Yeah. Well, I have I have some exciting news, Rick. What's your exciting? News? Um, I've mentioned. We're before, not gonna finish telling the story. Wait, w- were we done? No, it's not the resolution. People want to know. Oh my God, is Rick Sig still backed up? Oh yeah. I so I, we already said you called the plumber and we we knocked it out. Did we not say yeah. that? Yeah. I don't think we said that. Yeah, I said it. Okay. Well, I called a plumber that came out, and believe me, I blamed uh, – my wife doesn't listen to the show. I blamed my wife for it. Instead yeah. of going, oh, fellas, I think I screwed up, <laughs> I blamed her. I was like, she's always putting stuff down the sink like she should, like a tennis ball and things like that. So, God, <laughs> stupid ball. woman, well, so that these guys wouldn't look at me and think ill of me. That's kind of like uh, yesterday I went and got an oil change, and I had a credit, so I got it. I didn't have to pay. Crap, I got to do that. Well, listen, I, to do I didn't have to pay for my oil change, but they didn't reset my little computer saying, like, when my oil change happened last. You know, it gives you, like, a percentage. Yeah, so yeah, So I'm, like, yeah. fiddling around with the computer trying to figure it out while I leave the key in the on position for, like, five hours yesterday, completely drained my battery. <laughs> so I got a free oil change, and then had to go buy a brand new battery last night. I was not happy. Um, You're, that one is dumb, but would you like to know the du- very quickly the dumbest service call I've ever, <laughs> yeah. ever made? So like four or five, maybe six years ago, I was uh, smoking a brisket on my electric smoker for Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. and I noticed, like, uh, I have it plugged in on the back patio, and I noticed after like an hour, I was like, man, I don't see any smoke coming out of there. I go check on it, but that's the best part about an electric smoker. You just turn it on and it's done. Well, I, there's no smoke coming out. Well, I notice it's not hot. And I was like, son of a b. So I go, and I was like, wait a minute. The patio lights won't turn on. Oh, crap. What? Oh, man, I must have, like, tripped a breaker or something, which I don't even know what that means. I just know that's what you're supposed to say when you don't have electricity. Right. I, I don't even something. know what a torn, tripped breaker looks like. <laughs> so I open up the old breaker panel. I'm looking at them, and I, I don't know if I'm supposed to be looking at something specific, but I'm like, hmm, they all look like they're there. I, I don't know what you're supposed to do. So I'm finding the right one, and I'm t- flipping it back and forth, and everything seems, I don't know. But I still can't get it to come on. I was like, you're damn like, it, I'm going to have to call an electrician. You're like Ed I'd Harris like sc- in the uh, in the movie The Abyss, when he's like down at the bottom of The Abyss, and he's like trying to cut never the right it. wire. you never seen that? Oh, crazy. Nope, okay, never seen it. Well, so I'm, I'm flipping the breakers back and forth. I'm like, well, I'm going to have to call an electrician because this, pro- this is a problem. Electrician comes out and goes, hey, oh, there seems to be a problem. So I explain it to him. He's like, oh, okay, well, let me take a look at it. Goes out to the garage uh, and Flips goes, oh, the there's switch. a problem right there. 
pushes the little button on the GFI outlet in the garage and everything turns back on. He's like, right, that'll be $110. I'm like, son of a B. So that's the dumbest service call of all time. Yeah. Well, and that's funny because my brother is an electrician. I should have known, yeah. like, at least to call him and like, hey, what would you do? Like, first thing, I would check all your GFI. But he probably wouldn't even think to tell me that because surely, surely that's the first thing you'd try, Yeah, right? you, you don't call, you don't say, like, if your stereo is not working, you don't say, was well, it plugged in, right? Okay. You just assume yeah. that Step person... one, hit the on-off button. Right, right. Oh, my God, that fixed it. I turned yeah. it on. There you go. <laughs> okay, so here's so, the exciting news. I'm an idiot. Well, so. I think we've established that we are both idiots. So we have reached out to a few... Uh, companies, uh, providers of, of products that we feel like are in line with our uh, mission. I have mentioned before uh, the dress shoe that I am a proponent of. It's really the only sort of zero drop dress shoe out, out there. It's called the Primal Professional. And uh, we are going to become sort of, a, I guess they're going to be a sponsor or something. And, and uh, so we're going to have an affiliate link. Hopefully, by the time this airs, we will have it up on our website. And I'll link to it in the show notes. Um, but if you work in a place where you have to sort of have the dress shoe with the heel. And, and like for me, that's the only time I ever wear a heel is when I'm at the office, which is or, or working or having to dress up, which is, you know, quite a large uh, majority of the time. Uh, it just drives me crazy. You know, whenever I can get away with it, I'll take my shoes off. Well, these shoes, it's like basically like the bottoms of them feel like chucks. You know, it's like there's nothing yeah. there. Yeah. Um, and so the primalprofessional.com, I'll link to it in the show notes. So we'll start mentioning them, kind of like we mentioned the nutrients and the skinny fat, which we still have the coupon codes for. So um, is uh, is that just men's shoes or women's? Or um, right now, I, no, you know what? No, you know what? You know what? Why don't you just go to primalprofessional.com? And check is it that, out. Uh, our website, yeah, primalprofessional.com. The primalprofessional.com, and I'll and I'll oh, link to wow. it in the show notes. I know. I, if you go to primalprofessional.com, it's uh, like a porn site. Yeah, pretty much. Um, <laughs> so, no, just kidding. But it is something different. Um, so let's get to our uh, our interview with Kate Galliette, the sixth and final movement pillar. Yes. But we are going to have um, more uh, with Kate Galliette in the future. We, we just, she's just too good of a guest to not just have as a recurring uh, person on the show. Um, Absolutely. So Absolutely. we talked to Kate. Oh, actually, simplyhumanlifestyle.com is our website. Email the show, simplyhumanlifestyle at gmail.com. Please leave us a review on iTunes. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Yeah, we're not simply. getting a lot of iTunes reviews anymore. Let's, uh, uh, come but on. Well, this come morning, on. we were like number 54. We were ahead of Mark Sisson and, uh, and some of the others on the actual iTunes, not on the phone part on app like but on the iTunes on the computer we were in like the, in the top 50 so um, so something something's going on uh, so I'm also right, well do it anyway you'll leave us some more reviews yeah. so that'll make it to this there you go well we talked to Kate about uh, of course Sir Mix-a-Lot having <laughs> of course having big glutes standing correctly neurological firing Rick gets out of his recliner and does some glute bridging <laughs> Kate <laughs> Kate teaches us some moves and glute mobility. Here is Kate. <laughs> well, hold on. So Kate Galliette is joining us. And before and now we, we're recording. And before we begin, um, we have to listen to this. It's a it's a good prequel epilogue prefix to our topic today. Okay. Oh my god, Becky, look at her butt. It is so big. She looks like one of those rap guys' girlfriends. Who understands those rap guys? They only talk to her because she looks like a total prostitute, okay? I mean, her butt is just so big. I can't believe it's just so round. I think we all got the picture, Mark. Sorry, I was really into it. 
Hey, can I just share? Well, I'll totally age myself, but I was in junior high when that song came out. Oh, what and we would go out? through the lunch line, like the once a week. I went to a private Catholic school, so once a week we got like this like junk food lunch, hot lunch thing that we could pick, and it was like, yeah, kids on sugar and gross fake food, and it was wonderful. And we would sing that song in the lunch line. And I wonder now if the lunch ladies Knew. really ever thought much about that. <laughs> Man, that, it came out in 92. Which yeah, is, so we were in junior high, too. Well, you weren't. Mark, you're probably like fifth grade. I'm fifth like grade. sixth, seventh grade-ish. Yeah. Oh, man. I'm okay, so junior high, so we're all around the same. We're all around right. the same age, yeah. yeah. So I think I really, like, this is the final installment of our six-pillar Unbreakable Body series, and I'm very sad to see the series ending. Well, but I said to Mark this morning, this whole thing is an epic failure if you don't have good theme music for the butt episode. <laughs> and he delivered. There it let's is. not encourage Mark anymore. And I'm going to say this right now. No more. Let's, uh, no butt jokes here, Mark. It's all just easy. It's, it's, uh, too low hanging fruit. Okay. Well, I'm going to turn my mic down to zero. <laughs> and, uh, See, I was fully prepared for today to be off the rails with you two, because who can be serious when talking about butts and especially who can be serious period when I'm talking to you two. So I was fully prepared to like whips and chains, have this thing held Hey-o. on the rails at all costs. Come on now. Get your head out of the gutter. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's already started. Oh gosh! Should we dive in, guys, and yeah. talk about some bootays? Yeah. Well, then let's just kind of start off with this, and I'll just sort of say this, and then let you sort of go. So, having like a, a large, having large glutes, right, is is like a, I don't know, is it a sign of health and strength? And I mean, it's it's a good thing, right? I mean, maybe if your butt's big, but it's covered with adipose tissue, and that's no, why it's no, big. no. I mean, like a good strong muscle, like a glutes. nice. Yeah. Pop a feel, like get a handful in your hand kind of butt. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yes, that's great. That's hard to come by these days too, because we don't spend much time during our day, no matter what line of work we do, um, using our glutes. And that's a big part of why they get deconditioned and atrophied and actually um, harder to fire neurologically. So if you actually have a developed butt and the musculature is round and lifted and kind of pulled up and in, uh, the shape can be different for everybody, of course. But yes, that's actually a really good sign that you're doing a great job with your training program. Um, you don't need to have a, a big butt. Some women and men like having shelves. You don't have to have that. Like but a Kim Kardashian rear yeah, end? Yeah, I mean, size. you get to pick what size you want. That's one thing you're totally <laughs> in control of. Um, but some people will be more genetically set up to have a shelf and then others will but what matters is that it's um, strong and and muscular and that means like when you touch it you actually Mm. can you know feel some firmness when you flex the muscles and you're not getting lots of injuries like low back injuries hamstring injuries and hip flexor injuries which are all signs that you're probably not using your glutes as well as you should and anybody that's sitting right now your bottom your glutes are not firing right so like if you sit all day you're you're like you, you used the word atrophy a second ago um you're just sitting there uh, and your your glute, gluteus maximus are are not firing they are atrophying so to get that muscular glute you've got to do movements that fire the glutes and those movements are yeah so that's uh, let's back up a second um so not only are you atrophying your glutes or making them smaller and weaker by sitting all day um or even 
standing, but with standing with poor form. I intend, I usually stand up when I do podcasts, but I made sure purposely today to be standing for this one since we're talking about glutes. I wanted mine activated. When you're standing, and a lot of folks are at standing desks these days, um, you want to be standing with your feet straight underneath you and pointing forward, which will feel uncomfortable for a lot of folks because they're used to turning the toes out. And that goes back to that hip tightness and weakness that we talked about a few episodes ago on the hips episode. Um, so getting your feet underneath you. And then, you know, those little mini resistive bands, like imagine you've got one of those around your knees and then you need to push against it to push it out and put a little more tension on it. And as you do that, you'll kind of externally or turn out and away the kneecaps just a tiny bit. That gets your glutes more active and engaged. And that's something you really need because a lot of folks when they stand, they lock their knees or they turn sway back where they push their hips forward in front of their body um, or their knees turn in or cave in. And all of those despite the fact that you're standing, aren't actually supporting glute activation. So that's the first aside. The second aside, before we get to how to strengthen the glutes, is when you're sitting all day or when you're not really firing your glutes doing the stuff that you do in your work day, um, your, your brain loses its ability to connect to those. I mean, you're not sending the signal, hey, fire the glute, hey, fire the glute, throughout the day. So why would it keep that signaling strong? So if you remember back to like, one of the very first episodes we did together, I was talking about how I was leaving for South America and I hadn't studied my Spanish and oh my gosh. And it was really hard for me to call on that Spanish while I was down there. I did okay, but it was much harder and slower for me to connect to that, that knowledge that was in there. It just was not easily recallable. The same is true for your glutes. So your brain doesn't have to signal to those much during the day when you're sitting and going from chair to chair to chair as you do that. And so what you want to have happen is a retraining of your brain to the glutes so that it calls on them and fires them easier. I've been practicing my Spanish for the last few months, and it was awesome to see how quickly I could pass through these lessons that I'm doing um, as the stuff came quicker and quicker because my brain was like, oh yeah, we remember this pattern. We know how to get and access this information a lot quicker. Your glutes are much the same. And so a lot of the foundational strength programming I start with, with my folks, and they see that in the unbreakable body too, is um, neurological connectivity work, actually teaching you how to go, hey brain, I want you to use the butt muscle, not to over rely on the quad, not to use the hamstring, not to use the low back the butt muscles. And because of course we're talking and it's always good to show this, never fear listeners, I'm going to make another video for you guys and we'll get Sweet. that to the the um, show notes so that you'll have that when it comes time to actually watch what we're talking about today. And real, real quick on the neurological firing thing, this is kind of a side note, but a lot of times like people in the strength and conditioning world, they know that to get stronger, it's not necessarily, you know, building more muscle, obviously hypertrophy, that, that kind of thing obviously builds and, and increases strength. But what a lot of uh, strong men and people that want to get strong want to do is like fire more neurons and and activate more of the muscle fibers. It's like when the, you know the grandma picks up the car off of her grandson. She wasn't you know she didn't build a whole bunch of muscle in that that few seconds before she lifted the the car off of her grandson. It was the that her neurons are now instead of firing you know eighty five percent of a certain muscle, it's now firing at a hundred percent and trying to train your neurons, you know, to, to activate every part of the muscle that you can, that's how you're going to max, maximize strength and, and, uh, I guess hypertrophy. I've literally exactly. never thought about any of this before that, like just that aspect of it, both of you guys, I, I always just thought it was, you know, building muscle, getting stronger, but I, it makes sense. If you're not, your brain isn't used to communicating with that, then that communication link kind of gets lost or kind of gets, uh, a little bit fuzzy. It's not sharp. It's not, doesn't happen yeah. quickly. So, well, and then uh, what's the next thing thought. that happens with that? The next thing that happens is you're under load or under stress, like back squatting or 
lunging or something that you're going to sprint, for example, or, or if you're playing sports, you're in the, the heat of battle, as it were, your brain is like, oh my God, we have to respond right now. And with some amount of strength and force here, otherwise bad stuff's going to happen, right? And I'm coaching a ton of high-end athletes out here in Utah now, and it is stunning. Like these kids are amazing and beautiful athletes to watch, but then we get them in and we start doing some movement analysis and they maybe have like a 400 and something, 500 and something pound back squat but like their glute doesn't fire at all. And they're having super tight quadriceps that are leading to knee pain. They've had multiple hamstring uh, tears or micro tears or injuries that sideline them in some way. All of them have low back pain. And this has a lot to do with the bars on their back. They're under load. They have to respond. The brain is just responding to you. It's going, oh my God, signal coming in. We must respond. If the musculature that it would like to use isn't available, it's not going to say, well, we're not going to give you a response. It'll just give you a different response. And right. so you turn into a quad dominant individual. You turn into somebody who pushes up out of a hundreds of pound back squat with your hamstrings and low back and almost completely ignoring the glute muscles. Um, and you start using the psoas and the iliacus to do more bracing and stabilizing than they're really designed to do. And that's where a lot of injuries come up. So we have to just take a step back for a second and actually make sure your brain is connecting to the entire musculature of the glutes and then bring everything back in so that you get more out of the lunge or back squat that you're working on or sprinting. And that's another one of the benefits of heavy lifting is that it sort of fires up that central nervous system. That's one of the benefits of heavy lifting is that you sort of tap into the, that, that, you know, the neurons and the neurological aspect of, of that positive adaptation that, that your body sort of does in that, in, in response to that. Yeah. You want to be careful with that though, because if you've been training a suboptimal pattern for a while under lighter load, you're going to only maximize that under greater load. Um, And so uh, when I'm coaching anybody, we are always starting every workout, especially lower body when we're talking glutes here. We do this with everything, upper and pulling and all that. But here we're talking glutes and pushing. So we start every workout with glute activators and neurological connectivity work to make sure that their brain is starting to run that highway because I don't want them running the highway of quads and hamstrings only. I want glutes and then quads and hamstrings supporting, uh, but glutes is the primary driver. So we do that first. And um, one of the easiest ones you can do... Yeah, I was going to say, tell us like what, what those yeah, things are. You got are. me hooked. Uh, yeah. I'm ready. <laughs> exactly. One of the easiest ones you can do that's also done the most wrong is the glute bridge, which is really traditional and simple looking, but also done incredibly wrong. So if you were laying on your back, two hang feet on, or one... On, I, I, oh, I love it when Rick does these with us. Okay. We get out of, because uh, truth be told, I was sitting in a recliner when we we're talking oh. about this. You guys are talking about <laughs> Rick has to, like, man, I love this recliner. Rick has to dry himself off. He was in a bathtub full of milk and Fruit Loops. Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't even make sense. Okay, go ahead. I'm on the okay. floor. Okay, so we're going to do both. So lay on your back like you're doing an old-fashioned sit-up. So that means knees bent, feet flat on the floor, okay. arms across your chest, literally like you're going to do a sit-up. Okay. Now, roll your low back into the ground so it's totally smushed. And then pull your abs down hard to your lower back and into the floor and flex your butt cheeks. Okay. That's your set position to then push your hips up in the air as high as they'll go, maintaining that position, and then lower back down to the floor. Of course, many people listening are going to go, well, duh, I know how to do a glute bridge. I do those all the time. They don't really make that big of a difference or I can do a thousand of them or whatever, right? Okay, so let's back up and actually make this a usable exercise and have everybody get more out of it. So as you're laying on your back, Rick, as you're doing this, 
really keep that low back rolled into the ground. Now, if you don't do that and you keep your low back kind of tipped up in the air so there's space between the low back and the floor, you're mm -hmm. already in a situation where you're going to be more tempted. Your brain will just naturally want to go to the psoas and the low back, uh, QL, um, erector spinae, the stuff that's in the low back. They'll go to that to try to help be a pusher to get the hips up off the ground. So we want to get that out of the way. And then we want to brace those abs really hard so that the torso is stable as you go to press up because here's what's going to happen. If you press up and you're not super stable through your torso by keeping the abs engaged and that pelvic tilted backwards towards the floor, you're going to go into the hamstrings and you're going to allow that pelvis to tip forward at the top of the glute press. And when you lower back down, you'll notice your butt hits the ground, but your low back doesn't. And that's the first sign that you're not doing a good job at controlling with your glutes. So what somebody needs to do as they're doing this is walk through that setup of low back flattened to the ground, abs braced hard, glutes flexed really hard, like really pinch your cheeks, then push through the heels to press up and lower back down. And you should return to the floor exactly as how you were before you started. And all too often, folks will come down and they'll realize their abs have relaxed or their low back is off the ground and they have to reset the entire thing. If you do that two-legged glute press the way we're talking about here today, really getting it up and down exactly the same both directions, you'll actually really feel the glutes doing the work that they need to be doing, and you won't be able to do 7,000 of them and not feel a darn thing. Also, if you only feel the hamstrings and not the butt muscles, I don't want you to push as high. I only want you to push as high as you can maintain that butt contraction and then lower back down, and in time, you'll be able to create more height as you get stronger. With the one, oh, do you want to ask a question, Rick? Well, I was just going to, is it normal to feel like some tightness in my quads when I go up like that when my rear end is coming up off the ground? Am I, am I not activating things correctly? Normal, but common. Okay. Yeah. So like what's, cool. or, or not normal, I should say, but common. Oh, so that's okay. not, yeah, it's not a good thing, but it's very common. One um, cause can be that the quads are tight. And so you're feeling like just tightness in there as you're moving through it. And of course, rolling out with the foam roller and then trying it again to see if it alleviates any of it and gives you some transient mobility worth checking into. Okay. Um, but secondary, a lot of people are quad dominant. And so when they go to fire their glutes, they also really light up their quads. People who play, have played or play um, soccer, um, hockey. Oh, and, that's me. There you go. And anyone who has ever done a lot of running on a treadmill is going to most likely be quad dominant unless they're running on the arced treadmills or a woodway that doesn't have a motor in it. Because when you've got the motor or a flat tread, you've got the tread pulling. We've talked about this in the other episodes too, but you've got a tread pulling your leg back instead of your glute. And so then you're using the psoas and the quad on the front to pull the leg forward when normally if you were running outside, the butt would have pulled the leg back and then gravity and, and you know, speed would have swung the leg through and you would have planted and pushed through again. So especially if you've done those three sports, um, you're a much higher risk for being quad dominant. And so it's really important then that you back off exercises that are super quad dominant already and okay. focus a lot on posterior chain exercises. So two sidebars here. We're going to come back to the one-legged glute bridges in a second. Let's leave that for a minute. Front, uh, quad dominant exercises, what would those be? So a traditional walking lunge can be quad dominant if you're not doing a very good job with them. And so you might consider substituting those out in favor of something like a Bulgarian split squat, where you've got the foot um, stacked on a bench or a box behind you, and the front leg is the only one that's on the ground. And just starting with body weight, lowering the back knee down close towards the floor and then pushing up through the heel of that grounded front leg, really keeping the weight loaded in the glute. That's one way to help you still do lunge work without maybe going back to that quad dominance that a walking or a forward lunge would do. 
Uh, front squats, of course, are great for the anterior chain and the abs and the quads. But if you're already quad dominant, you might consider moving those down and out in terms of rotation and times per month that you do them in favor of something like a deadlift, a sumo deadlift, um, a squat, and a goblet squat. So goblet squats are one of my favorites for building your glutes and connecting strong torso with strong glutes because when you're holding that kettlebell in front of you, and we'll put this in the video, um, when you're holding that kettlebell in front of you, you've got to brace your torso similar to a front squat um, where the bar is racked on your collarbone, um, but you get to sink down nice and low with a wide stance, and so that allows you to get some stretch through the hip. And whenever we stretch a muscle, it then has to fire to shorten back up to its normal length tension relationship. So that's why I like the goblet squat. Make sense? Cool. Perfect sense. Yeah. Okay. So let's go back to that one-legged glute bridge now. So this is also a favorite exercise I use for helping folks recondition their glutes, but almost everybody does these wrong. Um, and the, the, how you know you're doing them wrong is one, you don't actually really feel shaking and quivering and work in your butt when you're doing them. You feel a lot of like calf or quad or hamstring work. Uh, or you're doing them, but you're pushing up so high that you feel it in your low back. Both of those are incorrect. So let's fix that. So Rick, are you still laying on the ground? I still am. Yay. Okay. Here's how I like to do the single leg glute bridge. Um, what you're going to do is arms on the floor, palms facing up. If it's okay. too hard to do with palms facing up, someone could put their arms facing down. And once it's easy with arms on the ground, we'll go to arms across the chest. So with your arms on the ground, palms facing up, shoulders relaxed. I want you to um, have one knee bent like you were before, like the two-legged glute bridge. The okay. other leg is going to extend straight out and be parallel with the floor and be quite low to the ground, but not resting on it. Okay. Okay, that leg's going to stay there. It's not going to raise up at all as you do this exercise. Okay, so let's finish our setup. We're going to roll that low back into the ground. We're going to really brace the abs down hard, you know, pulling the ribs down, pulling the torso muscles in. We're going to flex both butt cheeks, even though we're only pushing out a one. And then you're going to bridge up with that, using that butt muscle to press up as you do so. Remember that the extended leg stays low. Here's why we extend that leg. When somebody has a bent knee or kicks their leg up in the air to do the glute bridge, you're using a bit of the anterior chain on that extended leg side. You're using some of the flexion that the psoas can do and the quad can do to assist the movement. And it becomes much, much harder to do it when the leg is extended out low. In addition, you get a lever, like a long lever happening with that leg. And so it acts like more work for that pelvis to do to push up through the glutes. So you get better work out of it. If we have somebody who's struggling with that one, all you have to do is take that extended leg and bend it back in so it's bent near your chest and keep it right there. Again, no kicking it up, no extending it out, no using it in any way. Pretend like it's kind of a dead leg and then press through the heel of that grounded foot, keeping the butt tight, keeping the low back rolled into the ground. And if you do that right, you will notice how unbelievably hard it actually is yeah, to press is the hips little, up. Yeah, yeah right? it's a little hard, yes. Are you sweating, Rick? Uh, pouring sweat nice. profusely. <laughs> what we would like to see in terms of height on both of those is if there was a line from the knee to the shoulders where they're on the ground, the chest area, your hips should come up into that line. And okay. if you struggle to get them up that high, then you know you've got some work to do. That's okay. You can just build some hypertrophy into those glute muscles and do these every week as part of your program. If you're going above that line, chances are you're hyperextending or arching that back. And so try resetting your posture again and then pushing up from there. I'm right in that, like just below that line. Okay, so I've got cool. a little bit of work to do, obviously, awesome. but uh, I'm pretty close. I feel like okay, awesome, Sweet. awesome. What else Can you got? Put, I'm Can gonna have another a, one. I'm gonna have a delicious, uh, you know, round booty here pretty soon with all mm. this. It's already pretty nice, Rick. <laughs> <laughs> Can we I put have that, been working on. You get like the peach emoticon that, like, you know, it's like. <laughs> 
Apple button jeans. the eggplant one that Mark's always said. Oh, hey, my gosh. Ew. Ew. Oh, my gosh. Okay, next one. Um, okay, so what we want to do is get some sort of, like, hinging exercise in your drill. And a lot of people might say, well, I do deadlifts already. Awesome. Great. Keep the deadlifts in your program. They're so great for your posterior chain. And if you don't do deadlifts, no worries. We'll start with some hinging folding stuff and move you towards deadlifts eventually if that's right for your program. Here's what I like to do. So I mentioned this earlier, and we're going to dive into it more now. Um, if you could just put your arm out and look at your bicep and tricep, and they're so bulging and wonderful, right? Kissing Everybody me. do this. Unless you're driving, don't do this. That's the rule. Okay. So with the bicep, when you do a bicep curl, so pretend like you're doing a bicep curl or a 12-ounce curl mm. right now, <laughs> and as you're curling towards your hand towards your shoulder, the bicep is shortening. That's why that muscle kind of starts to pop a little bit, right? It starts to like make my sleeve start to rip. Is that that? That's what we heard, right? Yeah. That was ripping of a sleeve. Huh? Yeah. Okay. As that's happening, the tricep is extending. Okay. So if people don't understand how that works, when a mu when one muscle flexes, there's a muscle somewhere else opposing it that is lengthening. And that's how the length tension relationship really works with muscles and allows you to move your joints. You don't have to learn all that science. All you have to understand is when one flexes, someone on the opposite side is going to have to lengthen in order for that flexing and shortening to happen. Now, we do that with the glutes, and we use that to our advantage to make the glute fire better. So I mentioned how lunges sometimes become quad dominant, um, and they end up not being a great training exercise for the glute if you're not really good at activating them. This is one way around that. So when we lengthen a muscle, it then has to shorten to come back to its original length tension relationship. So let's use that. When you step into a lunge, we'll just make it really simple, a forward stepping lunge, so feet are together, then you step forward. Normally, you would do a kind of a traditional genuflecting like in church when you were a kid, and then you'd step back up. That would be our traditional lunge. This would be a non-traditional lunge, and what a lot of my clients do. So what you would do is step out, pause, and that first step out, your chest is still upright looking ahead, but your feet are now staggered away from each other, right? Or facing same direction, but there's space between them, right? right. Now right. from there, take your hands like you're about to dive into a pool like a little kid standing on the edge of a pool, and dive over your front foot, reaching towards the floor. And then when you hit the bottom range that you can control, bring yourself back up to upright and step back with feet together. So keeping your legs straight. Both knees are going to bend, but less so than normal. So if a traditional lunge makes 90, 90 degree, like 290 degree angles on your both knees, this one, the back leg is going to stay mostly straight. The front leg is going to bend as you forward fold. Then you'll come back up and step back. It's the forward folding, because of course, remember levers here, your body acts like a lever and it's folding over. The fulcrum point or the center of kind of what's going to pull that lever back up is your butt and your hips. So we want to fold over and make that big stretch happen in the glutes. And then by coming back up, you're going to fire those glutes harder than you would in a traditional upright lunge. So if somebody does something like that, they're going to feel their butt muscle actually stretch. They're going to feel tension go into their hamstrings. And then as they push back up out of it, they'll feel all of those things fire. Cool? Cool. It's one little hack you can do for your lunge that makes a big difference. And that will and be on the video that you sent? Go ahead. Will that be on the video that you oh, sent? Oh, yeah, totally, totally. Because okay, cool. it's confusing to a lot of people because especially and this is like such a bummer with fitness we're getting out of it i think but it's still there people still think there's like one right way and one wrong way and if your knee goes over your toe it must be wrong and if you're not parallel it must be wrong and you know what i'm saying right. like people still think that and and like to rick's point he's like i've never even thought about some of this stuff we do because we're in the fitness space but i have plenty of friends who are like i just want to work out and like i've heard yeah. are good for me you know and That's they where don't I know. am. Like I tell Mark, I put it all on Mark, Mark. Like, hey, you tell me what to do. I just want to work out and just be, you know, and try to get better. I don't know anything about it though. 
Yeah. And that's totally fair. Like that's our job to find that information and get it out to you guys. But like people in the fitness world assume that people know that stuff. And there are plenty of folks who are just like, I don't know. I didn't know that could make a difference. And that little hack of tra- cha- changing up your lunge, especially if you're quad dominant, could be the simplest thing, but make a really big difference in the quality of how your glutes fire. And then in time, you become somebody who does traditional lunges, but is no longer quad dominant, and their butt muscles are actually firing the way they're supposed to be. Hmm. We both went, hmm, at the same exact time. Well, <laughs> that's Pondering. very funny, actually. I'm going to say it's a little unnerving to not have to keep this thing on the rails as much as normal. You guys are both doing a fantastic job being respectful of the area we're talking about today. I took a, I, I want to commend you on that. Thank you. I took a Xanax uh, before. <laughs> oh, that explains I, a lot. I put my phone on Do Not Disturb so I can't see all of the thousand texts Marcus just sent me <laughs> and you're like, oh, she said butt again. I'm going to make your butt fire. <laughs> Shut up. I have, not, um, I have not been sending you texts. I showed your mom my posterior chain. <laughs> oh my gosh. I do want to say one, we haven't talked about mobility to help with the glutes and I yes. think we really should. And mobility means your own, not helping someone else with their own. Okay, Mark? You don't help with somebody else with their butt unless they ask you. Okay? Oh, man. Okay. What so, a drag. <laughs> one of the most common ways that people, well, so we won't even say that people know about because a lot of people might not. Using a lacrosse ball to release the piriformis is something that's becoming more common for people to understand that when the piriformis gets really tight, that's a part of the glute, and the sciatic nerve sits right next to it. And so when the piriformis gets kind of unhappy and knotty and kind of gross and thick and not so smooth and supple the way we want it to be, um, it can actually kind of impinge on that sciatic nerve, which is why a lot of people who have sciatic nerve pain also have weak glutes and overly tight piriformis. And that's actually a pretty simple solution compared to what uh, most physical therapists might tell you where they want like 12 weeks of you know, electrical stim and massage and all of that. Um, you can actually take care of it on your own, right? In your own house or in your own gym. So when you're rolling out your piriformis, so here's how you, one easy way you can find your piriformis. If you're standing up, put your hands on your butt right now. Mm-hmm. Hang on. Mine, were, again. mine were already there. Okay. Just, okay. Hands around butt, right? <laughs> Marks are always there. Give it, give, it a, give it a little squeeze. Give it a little squeeze. Oh, yeah. Give it a squeeze. Oh, yeah. Okay. Talk slower. <laughs> Um, okay. So where your hands are, um, you probably feel like there may be some pockets on your pants. Feel where the outer edge of your pockets are. And if not, picture like jeans pockets and put your finger, your first finger, right where the outter (laughs) edge. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Put your first finger right where the outer edge of the pocket would be on your pants. Okay. Okay. That's pretty close to where your piriformis is. So what you're going to do is sit down on the floor to use a lacrosse ball to release this area. You can do it standing up, but it's much harder because, again, we want to stretch out the big glute muscles, glute max, glute med, and glute min, so that we can get to the piriformis, which is underneath those. And the best way to do that is by sitting down. So what you'll do is sit down on the floor, um, like both butt cheeks on the ground, and then take the lacrosse ball and kind of lean off to one side. And on the other side, wedge the lacrosse ball right where that upper outer edge of a pants pocket, like a jeans pocket would be. It is not pleasant. It is not pleasant if anyone is doing this. I remember you walking me through some of this, uh, maybe the last one or the one before that. And yeah, that is, uh, okay, Mark says it's not pleasant. It's not pleasant, pleasant. but like it's not pleasant in a good way, if that makes sense. Like you know you're, you know, you're working – you know you're working a good spot there because yeah. you can feel it and you you can it's relieving almost, you yeah. know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'll go from feeling thick and like tenderness, like just really thick. I 
I'm making hand shapes here that you guys can't see, but it's like, it's like I'm Italian making a fist and shaking it at you. That's like, I don't know why I'm doing that, but that's like what I use when I talk about fear of <laughs> And then you, you have one middle finger extended and shaking us. <laughs> um, so it's thick, and then you feel it as you're working on it. You feel it start to get more pliable and smooth and less tension and better. It just feels better, and that's a good sign. But as you're doing your mobility work and you're throwing this in a few times a week, and you do it for a few weeks and you notice it never really gets better. It's always as bad as it was on the first day. Right. That's a piece of data for you. That's a sign that something's not working right because your brain keeps making that piriformis be tight. And remember, huh. muscles get stronger um, or weaker when they get tighter. That Either of those can happen. So you have to do some detective work. Is your entire butt complex really weak? And so your brain keeps going to the piriformis to do work that glute max and glute media should be doing. Or is it getting really tight because it's the whole complex is weak and nobody's firing in there and you're going to things like the iliacus and the psoas, which are on the front side and becoming quad dominant. It's worth doing a little detective work and maybe sometimes working with a professional to help you figure that out so that you can get going on the right path again. But if you're rolling your piriformis out and it's always as bad as it ever was, that's a piece of data that tells you something is not working right in your glute complex. And remember, guys, the piriformis actually plays a role, not just in sciatic nerve pain, but also in SI joints getting locked up and contributing to low back pain. So it's important that we get that guy sorted out and that when you do roll it out, it's not always at a level of like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, it's so bad. Right. Like it shouldn't be that way all the time. Like nauseating. Yeah. And I cannot yeah. believe uh -huh. we're we're coming up on time here. But that you you said something a second ago that I was going to say that whenever I have like my lower back is kind of tweaked. If I do some work on my on my butt, on piriformis, I'm doing a lot of external rotation, and I'm, I'm while I'm doing external rotation, I'm mashing and, and mobilizing those tissues like the piriformis and the and the glutes. My lower back pain typically like always goes away. Well, that's a good that's a good point, and I don't want to cut anybody off here, but like uh, I have uh, within the last probably year, and I think it's probably work related, the equipment that I wear at work, I've been having like a little lower back pain. Well, recently, Mark has been, you know, he kind of changed up my workout routine, more uh, more rear-end type of uh, working out and stuff like that. And I'm noticing now that you say that, I'm like, you know what? My lower back pain, it's not all the way gone, but it's definitely not as bad as it was you know, awesome. a few weeks ago, a few months ago. So That's awesome. That's great to hear. And also, now I'm enjoying the mental picture of mm. Mark in, like, gym shorts and a whistle, <laughs> like, coaching you <laughs> as you go through your workout, Rick. I'm going to just enjoy that for the rest of this afternoon. Well, we'll we'll close it on this. One time I was uh what I used to work, well, I won't even say that. I did a skit one time at a uh This a, used to this was a humans being human story at some point. Yeah, at a high school pep rally and I, I my costume was like the biker shorts, like the, you know, like the coach used to wear the two buttons on the top and then the zipper wow. and the bike shorts and like uh, a referee jersey and a trucker hat and I was invited to this Halloween party. And I showed up, and I was the I was wearing that costume, and I was the only adult uh, in a costume. Oh, I thought you were going to tell a story where you were dressed up like that for the pep rally, and then you pooped all over yourself that, because that happened. I already wow. I already told that story on this, wow. this show. Rick. Kate's reaction is wow. Oh, hmm. wow. okay. Well, see you yeah. later, guys. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Kate. <laughs> so that I mean, quickly, is there anything that you wanted to say about the glutes as we wrap up these six pillars of movement health? Or did we cover it, most of it? The final wrap-up on glutes is this. If you do the work to mentally connect your body to the glutes, you're also going to be connecting it to the feet and to the core right. and to your posture and to your scapular stabilizers. It's all 
connected, you guys. Like you cannot get away from one helping the other or one hurting the other. And so listen to all the ones we talked about with the pillars and then start applying all that stuff because it all goes together. And to Rick's point, like you start working on one area and you start making another area better because the pillars connect everything. And to recap what they are one more time, we got strong feet, strong glutes, hip stability, strong core, postural strength, and scapular stability. Boom. This has been amazing. And I'm shedding a little tear that well, we're finished with the pillars, but... Uh, well, no, no, you've got to come up with some yeah. more stuff because we can't not have you on like every couple of months. Right, and that's what I was going to say. Like, let's, let's, we'll email, we'll sort of brainstorm back and forth. So you just really anything that you're passionate about that you know a lot about, like, there, there's our topic, you know? So, like, we can just come on and, and talk about it. I was it, so. hoping to put together some sort of, like, social media, like, thing where people really, like, start sharing a hashtag that's like, save Kate for Simply Human, save Kate for Simply <laughs> right. Human. But you've ruined that now, so I guess that's not going to happen oh, yeah. thanks a lot now i'm never gonna be internet famous people, thanks people like <laughs> people out on like uh, overpasses with signs yeah i don't want to ever be in a sentence with oj could you not Rick? Sorry. i mean really well. like more like when bono there you go there you go on the way to a concert well, he was in a he was in a terrible bike accident did y'all hear about that no what happened his humerus was sticking out of his jacket <gasps> I'm sorry. He was, gr- yes. Oh, look, g- okay. look, look it up. It's this. It's this. It, he was very low key about it. I'm a huge YouTube fan, and I was just devastated when I heard about Bono's accident. So, oh, um, anyway, Pray for Bono, on a bummer note, man. Yeah, Pray sorry. For Bono. Yeah. <laughs> not for not for OJ. Pray for Bono. Forget about OJ. He did it. Yeah, okay. pretty much. All right, well, guys, Kate, he was acquitted. I'm gonna. Right, guys, this has been great. I think everybody is gonna have much better glutes, and we now owe Perky Butts to the guys at Simply Human Radio. So. <laughs> All right, Kate, hang out a second. I'm going to stop the recording, but uh, hang on. You're listening to the Simply Human Podcast. <laughs> what? Fart noises. Oh, you, <laughs> you, you, you made fart noise and then laughed at your own fart noise. <laughs> <laughs> and I've had all that on, on record. Okay, so sorry, Kate. It's like, all right, thanks, Kate. <laughs> so uh thank you kate and uh you know she's made another video for us that will be linked in the show notes fitforreallife.com is her website the unbreakable body uh she's all over the place and is doing great work um so thank you to kate um okay humans being human um can we are we going to use just the first name or the yeah i think well i mean we i think just first name is okay. cool yeah we don't want to. Okay, this is this guy's name is Steve, and a little bit of background while Mark gets set up to 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 call him. Steve was uh, Mark and I grew up together. We grew up going to the same church and the schools in the same city and yada yada. We live right, right apart from each other. Well, uh, Steve was our youth minister at our church uh, in the well Richardson North Dallas yeah. Plano ish area. We can you know narrow it down that way. And uh, he, I want to say he left like when we were fifteen or so, Maybe or you were fourteen, younger. something along yeah. those lines. And, uh, we it was just a shock. It was a shock to all of us that well, he would leave us. You know, what have you. you know, yeah. He's got to live his life. And yeah. you know, I, I'll be honest with you. Working at a church probably sucks. Yeah, and I would have left us. Because just, we're obnoxious. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You specifically. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> we, I, I didn't have any contact with Steve for, I'm serious, a, a long time. Probably 20, you know, 25 years until a few years ago I saw him on Facebook. And I was like, oh, there's Steve. And of course he's old. He doesn't put anything on there. But then... <laughs> 
somehow I ended up texting an old friend of ours from that. And so, and we've had him on the show and somehow Steve got thrown in there. I was like, Oh my God, you have Steve's cell phone number. Let's start texting him like inappropriate pictures. Cause it's funny. Well, it turns out like, you know, we have this now this long standing conversation with Steve again. So after 20 plus years of uh, wondering what's going on, Steve uh, is back. He, we call him, uh, Mark calls him, uh, cause Mark has to have an abbreviation for everything. Yes. He calls him the gym. G-Y-M for generic youth minister. And he likes uh, to work out a lot. He's really buff and strong. Oh, why don't you get a room with him then? <laughs> it's real strange. Also, he's really ripped. Well, now my Skype so. is doing something weird. Um, you back. idiot. I know. Here we go. All right. I'm okay. calling his Skype now. Um, he is in the recruiting industry now. And uh, business, like a job recruiting, not yeah. like... Is that is that coming through? We we did it. I'm an idiot and hit. Uh, I didn't hit add to call. I just called Steve and well, you uh, are hung idiot, up on so I'm Rick. Glad we've diagnosed the problem. Well, why st- are we fighting? <laughs> I'm sorry. Steve is here to bring to bring peace to to our to our oh, relationship. Sorry, I'm still in, Hi, I'm still Hi, in a competition. Hey, Rick. I haven't talked to you in a million years, like voice to voice. It's good to talk oh. to you, Steve. I tried to buy you lunch, but you won't ever come to my part of the hood. Yeah, the hood. hood. We're going to use that in quotation marks pretty heavily. We will get that going sometime. I'm a very busy man. I'm buying uh, and selling and have my people call your people and one of those uh-huh. things. So. Rick, I've seen Steve like four or five times in the last like six months. So <laughs> well, we're like best add, friends. Add again. that to the Mark Rogers bragging montage. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Steve, we gave you off the air. We gave you, well, on the air, but without you on the air, we gave you an, an introduction. Um, oh, okay. So you'll have to just hear that when you listen to the show. So, le- what are what are we gonna talk about? You have uh, we introduced we introduced you as our youth minister, our former youth minister. Well, I was gonna start the call with, "Hey guys, how's it going? How y'all doing?" <laughs> gonna listen to some Michael W. Smith. Uh, <laughs> no, I just... still I still have the the uh, DC Talk uh, CD that you gave me in like 1994. Oh. I still. Well, I was I had three jokes prepared in a whole bit, but um, we'll have to save that for another day. They need some refinement. It's hard oh. to use uh, just first names and make it as funny. Right. So there's only so many inside jokes we can tell. Exactly. Uh, so this is actually you are you complete the five person text group. Now everyone has been on the show. Oh dear God. <laughs> We had to take Jack. Jack did a humans being humans segment. He was the and man. We had to basically just take it and erase it because it was the most inappropriate, as you can imagine, yeah. the most inappropriate thing ever. But this is uh, everyone who's listening. We talk a lot about the the funny group message that we've got. Well, this is Steve is one one leg of the uh, of the group message. So now he, everyone's been on. So he's now the, mined all of our friends for podcast content. He's the largest leg. I'd say he's like the if he's like a like a five <laughs> leg tripod. He's like the Pringles can size. That's leg. not. Yeah, that's not appropriate it, at all. It's the group group message that I wanted out of day one. <laughs> and I still am in it and I can't get out of the thing. I just I keep deleting myself in the conversation. I keep getting it added back in. It's oh. the most unbelievable thing in Well let's start off let's start off this by telling the story about the time that uh you y'all left me at Chuck's <laughs> we were at like a church function and I went to the bathroom, came out of the bathroom and the, everyone was gone and I thought everyone was playing a joke on me and I ran outside and the parking lot was empty and I sat there for about an hour and a half 
This is before <laughs> this is before cell phones and all that. I remember like, Chuck's was a restaurant that was like right around the corner from church, and so like it was a common like after church, like Sunday night church kind of thing. Like, hey, we'll go eat to out to eat at Chuck's. They have good hamburgers. When Mark had left there, because yeah. hey, big surprise. No one, uh, no one likes Mark. And also, big surprise, Mark had diarrhea and had to go to the bathroom. <laughs> Mark had to go to the bathroom for like he was gone for like fifteen minutes. Oh, <laughs> well, we went there like like it seems like twice a week. I yeah. think I ate at Chuck's three or four times a week. It was unbelievable. That was the place to go. And I honestly, you know, it's it's people asking me about specific stories and memories from that that time, that seven year period of my life, and you know, I knew. There were probably 250 kids in the youth group, and I had another youth group that I was a part of in Springfield, Missouri, and they had 150 kids. Oh, and you were cheating I, on us with yeah, I was about to say, thanks a lot. I didn't know. And that. I honestly, I tell daddy you what, has a I, secret family. <laughs> I do not remember that. I, I I do not remember leaving you at Chuck's. I swear to Jesus, I do not just, remember it. Just like he doesn't remember like ever meeting me or <laughs> knowing that I existed. <laughs> Mark Rogers, who's that? I don't know who that guy. Is. What I remember about you two, oh, if you want to be just perfectly honest, I'll think it'll oh, make you boy. laugh. I'm oh, great. Uh-oh. What I remember mostly about you two is that basically, you know, there's Rob and Jack and Nate and these these guys that are, I think, what, three years older than you, Rick? Is that yeah, right? they're all, yeah, they're all three years older than me, so they were four years older than Mark. And Rob but, was my brother. We've had him on the show as well. Okay. So. And so these guys are extremely funny. They're always into pranks. They're, they're just always up to something. And I personally, when, the time that I was there – were by far my favorite. I could add a couple two more to those, Bob and some other folks. They're just hilarious. I loved them. Opie. Opie. Oh, I was about to say. <laughs> <laughs> and so what I remember most of all is that Mark and Rick were constantly trying to kind of one-up, like hang out with them. And the only way they could get into the group was by making them laugh. And they would do anything and everything just to make them laugh and i just remember rick specifically being hilarious just so funny and always you know trying to be a part of that big boy group uh and mark the same way i just you guys were hilarious i and i, I that's my one con- con- constant memory of you guys well it's like the same dynamic that my two sons have like i was the younger brother and i thought my older brother was cool and i wanted to hang out with him and listen to the same music as he listened to and like the same things and i wanted to hang out with his friends and my, you know, a little bit removed, my memory was that, hey, his friends liked hanging out with me. It was him that didn't want me hanging out with his friends. And turns <laughs> yeah. out, you know, that's kind of true. But, you know, I, I always appreciated those older guys and, you know, I wanted to be just like them. And so that's why, you know, I think that probably had a lot to do with how I acted and the things that I did. But uh, do uh, you remember the time, Steve? I can't remember if this was you or if this was uh, Pat. Uh, the other uh, the, one of the youth uh, ministers that you bet me that I couldn't fill a one gallon Gatorade jug of urine in like a one day period. <laughs> that was. I think uh, I think that was you. That I was Robbie. Say. That was Robbie James. I think. Uh, I don't know. Well, uh, oh, we were we, we had just okay. We had we were we just left this camp in, uh, that was at Abilene Christian uh, over the summer Camp Kadish, and like ten minutes down the road, uh, I was like, man, I gotta pee. And I'm like 15, so or 14, something like that. So too old to be doing like the as soon as you get on the road. Can we stop? I gotta go to the bathroom. Well, I said something, and and I think it was you. It was like, hey, we're not. No, we're not gonna do this. Just <laughs> hey, tell you what. He's like, you're like, uh, I bet you can't hold it all the, till we get back to Dallas, which is like a three hour trip. And I was like, oh, I bet I can. <laughs> and I can't believe I didn't die 
or uh, <laughs> experience some sort of like major physical like uh, you know disease or you know injury because when we got to the church I'm sprinting inside and it was just uh, we had these like uh, like court, 32 ounce Gatorade bottles and I was like I'm gonna fill this up with pee just to show hey this is how much I had to go to the bathroom I wasn't kidding it's very inappropriate to do at church but what are you gonna do so I filled this entire thing all the way up to the brim and I, I'm pretty sure it was you. You're like, I bet you couldn't do that and fill a one gallon jug in one day. So <laughs> I just challenge you more to something yes, more outrageous. Yeah, to something more unhealthy and outrageous. So me and my brother both, we get one gallon jugs of Gatorade and we chug them down. And we're like, we're just gonna pee in this thing for 24 consecutive hours and see if we can pee one gallon. Well, turns out a gallon of pee is a lot of pee, <laughs> and you have to drink a lot of water to generate that much. And so we are constantly, me and him, are pounding water. For like, like staying up all night, pounding water, peeing like all day. It was ridiculous, and we and I think the payoff for the bet was a five minute uh, or five dollar uh, lunch. Uh, you were gonna buy lunch for five dollars for uh, anyone who could do that for me and him. And so we both showed up the next day very proudly with our gallon jugs of urine, uh, and we're like, Haha, "Free lunch, Steve. What's up?" Just dropping them on the floor. You're like, "Oh my god, don't drop that. That's full of pee. That's disgusting." Well, and What's then and then to go back to the the prepubescent Mark who was trying to impress the older guys, they were like, "Hey, Mark, idiot, drink this pee." And I was like, "Okay, guys." No, 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 no. Oh. Mark did not drink pee. That I didn't drink. Uh, not a real story. Okay. We did not make Sorry. Mark drink pee. Uh, whatever. Um, Steve, what is your maybe one of the most outrageous things or was like the <laughs> thing that you remember the most? Maybe not something that has to do with us. You don't even have to use names. Um, that, like at a camp or just like the, mo- the, the craziest <laughs> thing that happened to you that, like, that, that you find yourself telling to people like, oh, you're a youth minister? <laughs> like, you're, the, and, there's so many stories. I mean, there's just so many. I mean, Chasing Todd through the woods at Iron Springs one night. I mean, that's... that's well, like, the, were you dressed up like a werewolf trying to scare him? Like, what do you mean chasing Todd through the woods? He was out after curfew, so someone came and reported that he was out after curfew, so we had to go find him, and he thought it funny to try to run from me. Like, he's going to run from me and eventually get back to the cabin where he escaped. And you're shouting at him, I played caught. college football! I was number 12 man! I was on kickoff team! <laughs> I'm like, Todd, I know it's you. Come out of the woods. What are you doing? And I just hear footsteps. So for like 30 minutes, I'm chasing Todd through the woods because he's out after 1 o'clock or whatever it was. I mean, it's the most ridiculous thing. Like, what was he doing? Like, what did he think he was going to accomplish? I mean, really. Were there any any major injuries that happened on your your clock? Ooh, I don't think about that. falling off the swing or, you know, breaking their arm. I don't remember anything uh, off the top of my head. I'm trying to think about injuries. There was an injury to an ego at Schlitterbahn, as I remember. (laughs) (laughs) I think in the politically correct world of today, if, like, I was the youth minister today of any church across America, I'd have been fired five times. I just think (laughs) some of the stuff that we did, I just, you know, it was, I guess it was okay. It was funny. But depensing one of your 15-year-old boys in the middle of, middle of Schlitterbahn <laughs> in front of God and everyone. Not realizing was, that he didn't have underwear on. 
Yeah, well, I thought he had underwear. Sweater, I thought he had another a, pair of pants on. Steve, we're a water park. Who wears <laughs> underwear under their swimsuit? Well, hey, he had it coming because earlier that day, I heard him say to a girl, "Hey, you were good. You were good from afar, but you're far from good." And <laughs> well, it so, turns out when Steve yanked his shorts down, like not really a lot to be embarrassed about their <laughs> their Tyson's. He just pulls them up, like, "Yeah, what's up?" And everyone's like, "Oh my, wow, what's happening right there?" Yeah, that was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, speaking of Pringles cans, um, so we were not speaking of that. Uh, quit shoehorning that in. Well, <laughs> I think Rick, we're at. I think we're out of time here. Uh, is there anything else you wanted to squeeze in? That's what she said. Uh, before we let you go. No, no, I, I will. I will uh, defer to your uh, time clock. Um, <laughs> yeah, I've got tons of stories. So, well, we need to have you back uh, on when, once you refine your other stories that. Uh, that you sort of teased us about unfairly. Yeah. I think that would be a good plan. And Steve, I want to leave you on this note. Are you ready? Sure. I'm very disappointed in you. (laughs) (laughs) And I will leave you on this note. I smell something. Stop it. (laughs) So everyone, this has been inside joke festival. You don't think you're funny. Steve, the generic youth minister. By the way, I do. I do have enjoyed the podcast. I, I've, I'm in about three or four different ones. I've been kind of picking and choosing based on maybe I know someone uh, that you're talking to, but uh, they've been helpful and beneficial. So you guys are doing a cool thing. So I appreciate that. Well, Well, thanks. Thank you, Steve. Awesome. Well, uh, so we will probably text you about 100 times uh, against your will in the next uh, few hours. So we'll uh, see you in the text message thread. Peace out, homies. All right, see you, man. All right, thank you, Generic Youth Minister, for your words of wisdom and for uh, influencing us in the negative to make us who we are today. That's a weird sentence. I think you need to go back to the drawing board on that one. <laughs> all right. <it> is, <laughs> Steve was a very positive influence I'm just on kidding, all of us. Of course. We love Steve. He is, Steve is uh, a good man. We also, well, never mind. I was going to say we also love his wife, but I don't want to say that. Um, you should probably refrain from making wife comments, Steve. <laughs> I said um, she was like story. a mom. You got in trouble when you were like in seventh grade for talking about how like super hot she was. Like somebody yeah. found out and told her, and she like you had to make a public yeah. apology. I just remember like Steve like running out of some room where someone just told him red faced and oh like, man, and it wasn't just running like, after me. Jana's so pretty. It was like well, <gasps> like no, yeah, but now you know she was like that mother figure. <laughs> Shut up. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> It is now time. <laughs> I've ruined the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> you have to go into hiding now. <laughs> All right. Uh, oh, man. I'm so sweaty now from laughing. Mm, go ahead. Yeah, and from doing other things. It is now time for the Simply Human Tip of the Week, something you can start doing today to become a better human. And I'm going to tell a very quick story. It's about uh, an Olympian. And Caroli to Cox, which I'm not sure if that's how you say that or not. We're just going <laughs> to... We're just going to go with that. In 1938, hmm. he is the world's best pistol shooter, favored to win the Olympic gold in 1940. Good day, well, mate. Uh, right before the Olympics, during a training, he uh, blew his hand off with a, with, a, with a grenade, his shooting hand. He spends a month in the hospital, all that, his Olympic dreams. Okay, I'm sorry. Go his ahead. Olymp- Olympic dreams are gone. Yeah. Then he decided to win anyway, so he secretly starts training with his left hand. So fast forward to the 1939 championships, and he wins the 1939 championships. So now he's like, his Olympic dreams are back. It's 1940. Well, what happened in what's happening in 1940 that sort of cancels the Olympics? Hmm. 
I'll get my encyclopedia out. Joe Dima- something with Joe DiMaggio, maybe. No, it was oh, World War II. Right. World War II cancels, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. cancels 1940 and 1944. So now the 38-year-old Takax shows up at the 1948 Olympics. Not, not, not going to work anymore. <laughs> 1948 Olympics, 10 years later, uh, and he wins the gold, and then he wins the gold again in 1952 in... Helsinki. So you know the 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 tip of the week is refuse to give up. If you have a goal, uh, whether it's to get healthy or like you had a goal to run a marathon or to uh, be able to lift a certain amount of weight and not drop it on your chest and crush your ribs, uh, you know if or you know if your goal is to be the best parent, you can whatever your goal is. If that is truly a goal that you want to achieve, refuse to give up no matter what happens. I think that's a very good goal. I think perseverance is something that can help you in all aspects of your life. And we talk about, you know, the goals, like if you want to lift a certain amount of rate, weight or run a certain time or distance or whatever. But it, perseverance, if you look at all aspects of your life, um, I look at the important parts of my life, being a husband, being a father, uh, those things. And I'll be, I, I could sit down and tell you a thousand times where it required perseverance, where the going got tough. And so my options were to quit. Or to uh, buckle down and, you know, get through, you know, a, a, a proverbial storm, so to speak. And my wife, uh, my wife's way better at it th- than me. But um, just in all, all the roles that we play on a daily basis—husband, wife, or father, or brother, or sister, coworker, friend, neighbor—all those things. At some point, all of those relationships, something happens where you need to show a bit of perseverance, I, I guess is a good way to put it. And so that's why I, I, I feel so strongly about this particular tip because you can either fold up and quit and lay on the floor in the fetal position crying, or you can just say, hey, this is something that's important. It's important to me. It's important to other people that I push through and never quit. That's I mean, I, I think everyone, if you self-examine yourself, you can see where that can that perseverance can can help you in in everyday life in all regards. And there it is. Uh, never give up. And I guess uh, I think that's like my favorite Winston Churchill quote. And I'm not a yeah. Winston Churchill guy necessarily, but if you're going through oh, you hell, have something don't against, stop. You have something against Winston Churchill, Rick? Is that what well, you're I mean, saying? We can talk about that later. <laughs> but, you know, he's a war hawk. But uh, don't if you're going through hell, don't stop. And I think that, that I, that's a quote that means a lot to me. Like you can either just fold up and go home or you can push through. And I think if it's something that's worth it in your life, worth doing, it's also something that's worth push through, pushing through to see to the end. Which leads to this question. Is it doubly hard now to, to for, the, <laughs> for this tip for Bruce Jenner now, wow. now that Bruce Jenner is a dad and a mom? No, no, is no, no, that- no, no. Let's, let's refer to Caitlyn Jenner. Yeah. We're using female name, female pronouns. Now. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Sorry to mean yeah. to offend her. Okay. Um, hero. Such a hero. Okay. Um, well, let's... very quickly, you've touched on something. Like, I saw some Facebook pictures of like wounded veterans with no arms, no legs, stuff like that. Like, I'm seeing a lot about how, quote unquote, Caitlyn Jenner's a hero. There's a real hero. You can be a hero in a lot of regards. Right. And, you don't have to get you know, your arms can, blown off. We can, <laughs> we could probably debate the social, you know, I don't know. Like, I, I respect that people have different perspectives, but it does take courage to basically do yeah. that in such a public limelight. And yeah, we can have a conversation on whether, well, you know, that some of that is fame or money generated. I don't know, but 
That's well, that it, is it, 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 uh, heroism and courage doesn't have to just be you know someone who goes to war and gets yeah. an arm blown off. Well, and uh, I think that is courageous and hero and and worthy of being called a hero. But I think there are a lot of things in in society that are worth calling courageous. And my hot sports opinion on Caitlyn Jenner is you know it's like okay, Caitlyn Jenner, what do you think? It's like, huh? I don't, I don't care. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I honestly, it doesn't really have a <laughs> yeah, much like, of an effect cares? on me. Yeah, like uh, it's just such a huge deal. It's like I, I don't really care. Okay, um, all right. So we're gonna we're going kind of long here. Um, so I want to mention again the Primal Professional. Check them out. Uh, really excited about our partnership with them. We have the links to the uh, Skinny Fat and Nutrients on the website at simplyhumanlifestyle.com. Like us on Facebook. Follow me on Instagram and Twitter at simplyhuman52. Email the show simplyhumanlifestyle or simplyhumanrick. Both are at gmail.com. Leave us a review on iTunes, good or bad. Any publicity is good publicity. Coming up next time on the show, we have Glenn Cordoza, co-author, yeah, co-author of Becoming a Supple Leopard. So uh, thanks for listening. We really appreciate you making us part of your day. I know there's a lot of options out there. So that's going to do it for this edition of the Simply Human Podcast. And remember... Sad, I forgot to put on his adult diaper. <laughs> Santa pants smell like a diaper full of Indian food. <laughs> oh my gosh, I had no idea. <laughs> so until next time, enjoy yourself.